and welcome to the second of our two-part series on an inspector calls. Uh, this is a video that I have created essentially explaining all the key aspects of inspector calls that you need to know uh, in a nutshell, particularly if you are one of many students who may have left uh, learning this and really nailing this down to the last minute. Uh, you need to look no further than just looking through this video and really understanding and delving deeply into who the main characters that you're supposed to know inside and out as well as the key themes. Now in the previous video and feel free to go back to video one for inspector calls I covered the plot so summarizing the key aspects of the plot but equally I covered uh, context and why it's important to remember context and also uh, what this play represents from Priestley's perspective uh, don't forget he was a socialist, he believed in social justice and he believed in the equality of classes. So just because you're from the working class does not mean uh, you deserve to be exploited. But equally, if you're part of the wealthier class, you do have some form of responsibility to look after those who are poorer than you. So without further ado, uh, this second part of the video essentially summarises everything you need to know about the key characters as well as the main themes you need to be able to wrap your mind around. And if you're one of the more fortunate students who does have to study inspector calls for your GCSEs, I actually believe once you understand these aspects, so context, the summary of the play, key characters and themes, there is no reason why you shouldn't be getting a really, really solid level seven, level eight, or even level nine mark in your exams. So let's get into it. The main character obviously is Inspector Ghoul. So he's the most important, but also the most mysterious character in this play. He is the person that sets the entire play in motion. So he comes in and essentially begins to chastise, to tell the Burlings off about their treatment of this one particular girl who committed suicide. But really, um, more than anything, Inspector Gould is a representative for somebody like Priestley, for people who um, wanted a more equal and equitable society, particularly in England. But also uh, perhaps this inspector, this inspector represents more broader views um, when you think about where the play was performed. This was a Soviet Union. It was a socialist state at the time. Uh, of uh, the play's first performance after the Second World War and the Soviet Union's main ideals at the time, so today it's Russia, but at the time it was the Soviet Union, was that workers needed and should have much more power than they did under the previous Russian monarchy. Anyway, going back to this uh, inspector, he's very important because he's the voice of reason but also the voice of conscience uh, and He's an important character who sets uh, in motion the entire play. But also, there's a real aspect of mystery to him because we're by the end of the play, we're left not knowing if he really was an inspector, where he came from, who he is, or how he knew a girl like Eva slash Daisy Renton was about to kill herself. So obviously, if you remember, as I mentioned in the first video, Gaul, G-O-O-L-E, his name, rhymes with ghoul, G-H-O-U-L, which is uh, a, an evil spirit, but also a, a fairly scary spirit, a ghost. And so perhaps there's this aspect maybe that this inspector could represent a more ephemeral uh, quality, so uh, a more transcendental quality. That's just another way of saying he uh, represents maybe a conscience 
or um, something that is not necessarily human. So even, for instance, if you really want to take it a step further, you can say perhaps he represents some form of supernatural God who comes in and really calls people's guilty conscience to light. Uh, the second main character who is essentially the central focus of this play is Eva Renton or Daisy Smith. So Eva slash Daisy, uh, she is the most important character who we meet in this play. And uh, she's known by different names according to uh, the different characters. So obviously for author Burling, she was Eva Renton. However, when she met Eric and Gerald, she was Daisy Smith. Uh, and like the inspector, she's a mystery to us. We're not sure whether she's one girl or even the same girl that kills herself at the end of the play. Um, however, this ambiguity maybe could be Priestley's way of um, formulating somebody who actually is more applicable in a wider sense. So maybe not making her so specific to one girl could be Priestley's way of showing that she's a representative of a group of people, the working classes who are exploited, the women at the time who, uh, particularly before the First World War, did not have that many equal rights. Uh, they were treated as men's property, but also the working classes who, prior to 1945, and particularly lots of reforms that happened in England after the war, um, you know, making more public services available like the NHS. Uh, perhaps she represents those working class individuals who really didn't have very many choices in life. The other two main characters to bear in mind are both Arthur and Sybil Burling. And they've been put in the same slide because essentially they're two sides of the same coin. Arthur uh, or Arthur uh, is the patriarch of the family. He is a really successful businessman who has made his wealth because of capitalism, which is um, trading goods or services for a you know profit. Uh, but perhaps also in his capitalist greed, uh, he really doesn't pay his workers a fair wage so that he can increase his profits. And Priestley is essentially being very critical of factory owners and capitalist uh, individuals who really took advantage of others in order to maximise the money that they earned and their profits. Sybil uh, is author's wife. She is very concerned with image and class. And as I mentioned in the previous video, uh, there's some form of irony with Sybil because she is a woman and particularly at the time that this play was meant to be based, which is before the Second World, the First World War, she would um, have not had very many rights. She was essentially author's property and she would have been very disenfranchised. And so if, for instance, uh, her husband decided that he no longer wanted to marry her and he wanted to divorce her, she could go very quickly from being part of the social elite to being a very destitute woman. And so the irony in her character is that she really looks down upon people like Daisy Renton slash Eva Burling, uh, who are women who face very similar challenges to her. And the only reason why she's able to look down on them is because she's just really fortunate that she's married to a man who uh, is wealthy, but her fortunes could change overnight. Uh, the other three key characters to be very uh, familiar with are Sheila and Eric Burling, who are siblings, and Gerald Croft. So Sheila and Eric are part of the Burling family. So Sheila is marrying an upper class man who's Gerald Croft. And this is how the play begins with a celebration of their union. And this makes her parents happy. So 
Arthur Burling and his wife Sybil Burling, uh, who are very class conscious, conscious, and they see this as a way of progressing this the status in the upper class, but equally for for her dad at least, uh, this is also a way of him preserving his business interests. Um, but also, we know that her fiance, so Sheila's fiance Gerald Croft, has taken a mistress before, so he's been very unfaithful to her before. Uh, Eric Burling is Sheila's brother and he's working for his father's business which makes his father happy. However, Eric is not the most hardworking employee so obviously this shows how unfair it is that he has so many advantages yet he barely works very hard and he has a serious drinking problem which calls into question his morality. Um, And Gerald Croft, who's Sheila's fiancé, Uh, is from a slightly wealthier manufacturing family and their union, so their marriage is actually seen as a way to boost uh, the Burlings standing in the upper classes. So, uh, when you're considering the themes and how they tie back to these key characters, the main theme to be completely aware of and to really, really master when you're considering a discussion of this play is social class and this takes centre stage in any discussion about an inspector calls. So Priestley was a socialist and he really wanted to point out what was wrong with the class system through this theme. Uh, He really believed that there were massive inequalities between the working classes and the upper classes and he believed that these inequalities need to be narrowed. Uh, From what we find with the play we see that All of the characters, so the Burlings as well as the Crofts, uh, are obsessed with class and they even do things, not so much because of a genuine wish to do them. So, for instance, Sheila marrying Gerald is not necessarily a genuine, there isn't a genuine love between them. And even as the play progresses, indeed, towards the end, Sheila does give Gerald back his ring. And she also realises perhaps that she didn't really love him and Gerald definitely never loved Sheila. However, because they were so conscious of their class and staying true to their upper class and being exclusive, um, that was what really drove their decisions. Uh, Arthur Burling is worried that their family is not upper class enough uh, for Sheila to marry Gerald. So he's really keen on this marriage. Uh, But also Sybil Burling... Uh, is worried that her son Eric's drinking will bring a bad image, a bad reputation on the family as that behaviour is lower class and reputation is a big deal and was a big deal and even today indeed it's still a big deal among you know the upper classes so and if you fall out of favour in terms of your reputation this can be pretty bad and can bode quite negatively for a family. Uh, And so when you're thinking about the theme of social class what the play wants to point out is that there's no correlation or there's no link between class and morals. So also uh, Priestley wanted to show that just because somebody's wealthier or from a higher social standing, actually that doesn't make them much more moral. And he uses the example of Eric stealing money from his mother in order to support uh, Daisy. And she interestingly refuses to accept any more money from him once she realises that he's been stealing money from the family and the family business. And so this shows that she has a stronger moral character than many of the wealthier characters. Uh, The other theme which is really important and very uh, closely tied to social class is social responsibility. So the inspector uh, brings up social responsibility. He is very damning in his 
evaluation of the Berlin family. Uh, he makes it really clear to them that everyone has a responsibility to help others, regardless of their class. And all of the characters were mean to Eva, Eva slash Daisy. Uh, and this caused her ultimately to kill herself. Um, when it comes to responsibility, one of the things that Priestley was really, really critical of and he saw as really eroding this responsibility that the upper classes felt towards others was capitalism and the capitalist structures, i.e. this relentless focus by upper class people like Arthur Burling on profits at the expense of other people. And uh, it's it's apt to say that an inspector calls is maybe a, a damning critique of a society that's been completely corrupted with capitalist ideals. Um, and the state of society is blamed for Eva or Daisy's death. Um, and though her death is a suicide, we learn that, actu that actually Eva and slash Daisy was hardworking. Uh, she worked several jobs. Uh, so she started off working Arthur's factory. Then she worked in the dress shop that Sheila subsequently had her fired from. Um, and even obviously uh, when she was a prostitute, this was still very much a way of her seeing herself through and um, trying to earn money to just live. And so she worked several jobs and it seems that she just keeps on getting beaten down by a harsh society at every turn. Uh, so she's fired from two jobs, not from anything serious. So uh, when she worked for Arthur's job, Arthur's factory, she uh, organised a protest to ask for better pay. And Arthur subsequently and promptly fired her for that. Um, she gets pregnant and tries to get money. So she becomes pregnant with Eric's child. She tries to get money, ironically, from a charity for women that Sybil Burling is one of the chairwomen for um, to support herself. But she is denied this help. So Sybil Burling personally refuses this, even if she knows and she suspects that perhaps Daisy Renton probably may be carrying Eric's child. Um, Priestley believes that we all have a duty to help others. Indeed, this is the main message of an inspector calls this idea that we have a duty to help others, irrespective of who we are, but more so if we are wealthy and we have the means to do so. So that's it. Um, thank you for your attention. Uh, I hope you found this really useful. Again, if you are under lots of timed pressure, I would recommend reading back over this or you know, listening, but also making your notes and then bringing it all together when you're answering key questions. Uh, if you found this useful, please do subscribe to our channel for more educational videos and free revision sheets, which we offer on our website, which is www.firstratetutors.com. And uh, do give us a thumbs up if you enjoyed what you watched. Thank you.